0: Blog Talk Radio Hello everybody and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio I'm your host Doreen Sprinkle and we are live Once again, hello everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio and um, it's a radio station that's sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit studentsforabetterfuture.com, the group that's actively engaging your youngsters on campus and teaching them how to become community organizers and influence their legislators. And, um, again, we have several projects going on, one at William Patterson University. You know, we are involved in human trafficking. And um, then we have other young groups who are basically recruiting into the movement, and um, they are also uh, developing leadership skills through us that can help do community organizing into what the students believe in. And, um, folks, tonight um, we are going to be talking about an interesting topic. Um, it's, well, they're all interesting. But tonight uh, is Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. And um, let me just give you a little bit of background about article five and and what it is and um and then i'm gonna we're gonna uh bring our guests on very interesting guests um coming on and and they also run a group um and that group is called citizens initiative and they're gonna going to be coming on and talk about article Five of the uh u s constitution but so what article five is um it Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution describes the process whereby the Constitution may be altered. And altering the Constitution consists of proposing an amendment or amendments and subsequent ratification. And this is kind of important. Um, We we don't have uh, our our historians haven't called in yet, but uh, it's kind of an important article that our forefathers have put in there. And amendments may be adopted and sent to the state for ratification by either two-thirds or the supermajority of both the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States Congress, or by a national convention assembled at the request of the legislators of at least two-thirds, at present the 34 uh, of the state's. And to become part of the Constitution, an amendment must be ratified by either, as determined by Congress, the request of legislators of three-fourths, at least present 38 of the states, or state ratifying conventions in three-fourths. Well, you know what, folks? I'm not going to give you all this jargon here because you're probably wondering... What I'm saying and, and why what, what this show is important. And uh, we do have one of the guests on with us. I think we were actually joined by the two of them. Um, we are joined by our guests tonight. Um, one is uh, Mike Coons, he is the National Director of Citizens Initiatives and uh, the founder of Citizen Initiatives, Charles. Copperitz will also be joining us in a few minutes, Um, but let's go to you, Mike, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Doreen. Thanks for having us.
0: Uh uh huh. And uh, Charles, is that you on the line? Yes, it is. Welcome to the show, Charles.
2: Thank you, Doreen. Um,
0: But before I get into this uh, uh, whole deal about Article Five. if either one of you can give us a little background about your group and tell us what you guys do, that would be great. Well, go uh, ahead, why you,
1: Charles. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: Mike. Uh, Mike is our national director. Why don't you share a little bit, Mike?
1: Uh, well, what we are is this initiative, and you can and the listeners can go to to www.countermans.us. That's Counterman, plural. U.S. Uh, you can read up on on Charles. Uh, you can read up on the uh, the delegate res- the uh, uh, countermand amendment. Uh, we have a balanced budget amendment on there as well. We're working on a sovereignty amendment, and it, it lays out that we can do. We we have these single issue amendments that can be done. That go along with that is the delegate resolution which we'll go into in, into a lot further, but you can read up on that as well. <clears throat> There's a donate button on it. Um you can buy Charles' book uh for uh twenty five bucks. That includes the book and five dollars in handling. Uh we can also we also take donations so that we can uh get out to the different states and state legislatures, which Charles just did. Uh here the last uh month and a half he went to North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, Missouri, back up to North Dakota, and all of this was in a 26-foot motorhome by himself. And he was able to meet with a lot of legislators. We were able to get a lot accomplished. We've got uh, New Mexico that it that is, it is filed... Uh, uh just the outstanding representative down there that is that is sponsoring this and has it. <clears throat> we we made a big headway in texas and oklahoma uh he hit arkansas cold and i think we got like six or eight sponsors in in uh arkansas picked up missouri we got a, we got several there that are going to sponsor so it's it's been um, it's it's a multi layered Organization, we're a very small organization. Uh, my representative here in Alaska, where I'm at, Shelly Hughes, in our, our uh, committee hearing, she made that she made a comment about us that I was, I was um, humbled by, but it's it's the truth that she said this is a citizen organization, a citizen initiative uh, organization that doesn't have marble uh, pillars and, and marble buildings and doesn't have multi millions of dollars and doesn't have um uh, a bunch of uh, celebrities uh that are that are well known across the across the nation. She said this is a small, energetic and effective group and and uh I was I was quite humbled when she said that. And it, it is the truth, 'cause we, we we're not that many but we're packing the punch and we're making headway. Alaska will be passing this, uh this session. Uh we got a real good shot of Louisiana, we got a real good shot in North North Carolina, um, maybe, maybe a maybe a shot in New Mexico, who knows. But that's where that's what we're doing and that's what we're going for because the main purpose behind this is to take back this nation. Because this nation has lost the states have lost their sovereignty over over so many decades, all the way back into the into the 1900s, early 1900s, and that's what this whole thing is about: is to get our state's sovereignty back. And when we do that, it automatically gets our we our sovereignty back. So that's where we kind of that's where that's who we are in a, in a
0: nutshell. And uh, I want to ask you, um, because you mentioned about bringing the uh, power back to the states, um, if either one of you can give us the background about Article 5 of the Constitution and why it's so important. Go, Charles. Charles, are are you on the line?
1: Can
2: you hear me now?
0: Yes, Can you you hear me now?
2: Okay, thank you, yes, Doreen. Yes, we I, uh, For those students out there who uh, who might be listening, I would like to just ask you to listen attentively because it's your future that we're, we're struggling to to uh, claim, uh, so that we can restore our constitutional republic. Uh, <clears throat> we have so much misinformation going on in this nation, especially in the political realm, that truth is almost incidental anymore. But truth and facts still matter. And the uh, history that we have as a nation is unlike any that has ever existed on the planet. And uh, for 400 and some years, we've had a very strong Christian heritage and influence that has been for the purpose of honoring unenumerated rights. We've not done it perfectly, but we have done it. That's why we have a constitution. Even the Articles of Confederation was geared to the idea of preserving That Christian heritage. Every constitution from the states that I read, and I read just about all of them, preserves our constitution, I mean, our Christian heritage in their constitution. We have come to be so secularized that we uh, have neglected to share the greatness of America with the young generation. Now, dealing with the Article 5 initiative and how. Uh, sovereignty plays such an important role. Article 5 allows the Constitution of the United States to be uh, amended uh, in one of two ways. One, Congress initiates the proposed amendments. Two-thirds of both houses approve it. They send it to the states for ratification. The states are always the sovereign entity that decides the direction of our nation, even though many legislators do not understand that. But at the same time, when they ratify it, it becomes part of the Constitution. The other way is when the federal government, Congress namely, refuses to address egregious wrongs suffered by the people, then the state legislatures have the sovereign authority to step in as the deliberative body, prepare an amendment that is to address a particular grievance, and direct the uh, Congress when 34 applications from the states are sent to Congress to convene a convention, at the convention, a pre-approved amendment, in our case the countermand amendment, is then voted on by the delegates. The delegates are not sent as free agents. They are sent as ambassadors of their states to do the will of their states. And when they have a majority vote, it goes back to the states for ratification uh, through Congress. Now, that process is what we are working on. The biggest issue that the delegates at the uh, the Constitutional Congress had was how to deal with sovereignty. Uh, I want to keep emphasizing that with people I talk to because as an egalitarian culture, we do not understand sovereign authority. And yet if you don't have sovereign authority, you have no one who can protect what you have. And either we have it (coughs) through state legislatures or we will not have a constitution very much longer. But... The first and foremost problem that they had to settle at the Constitutional Convention was whether, uh, I mean, how they would vote. (coughs) Will it be, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) would it be by delegates uh, sent to the Convention, meaning the population of the states, or would it be by individual states, one vote per state? That was a big issue. They had to deal with that even before they started to have deliberations at the Constitutional Convention. And uh, as a result, a gentleman by the name of George Wythe, a delegate and founder, a professor, a lawyer, distinguished gentleman at the time, he proposed uh, that it be one vote per state along with seven other rules that would govern the convention. And, he, and the delegates agreed. There were enough smaller states who decided they were going to put their foot down. They weren't going to allow the principle of democracy to rule the Constitutional Convention. Democracy is not part of the federal government. It is part of the states. The states have a pure democracy, but the federal government is a republic, and that's because every state has a quality about it and excellence about it that they wanted to retain back in 1787. So how they did it was first, in the convention itself, they made certain that every state had one vote, (coughs) regardless of how many delegates. There were 73 delegates that were summoned by Congress and 54, I believe, attended, But the fact is that uh, they finished uh, that part of their debate by deciding each, each state would have one vote. That issue has to be settled at every Article 5 convention, and that's because an Article 5 convention has no rules. You have to decide how it's going to be organized. The other issue they had to decide was, will it be their voting within the the state delegations be a majority, or would they be some kind of a supermajority? And they decided that it would be a simple majority. (coughs) That has to be settled. Now, if you have sovereign authority, then you have to figure out how to protect it. The legislatures did not want to surrender that sovereign authority back in 1787. But at the same time, they had so many problems... They almost lost the Revolutionary War because there wasn't sufficient cooperation among the states. On top of that, after miraculously winning the war, they almost lost the peace simply because they didn't properly address the issues of taxation and recession and printing money and inflation and you know all types of issues that uh, they were all too selfish to really find some common answers to. But they got these delegates together, the legislatures did, and they sat down and they figured out that we have to do something so that each state can exercise an individual vote, but it won't take a unanimous vote as it did under the Articles, because under the Articles, one state could hold the other 12 hostage. And as a result, for amending that Constitution, the Articles of Confederation. And so as a result, the nation got nowhere. So what they did is they invented Article 5, and they said we will retain our sovereign authority in Article 5, but we will require that three quarters of the states, not unanimous, but three-quarters would be needed in order to amend this new constitution. And then on top of that, they had inserted in Article 5 the purpose. And the purpose is clearly stated. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how some of our great constitutional scholars can't figure this out. But the purpose was to propose amendments. You see, the fact is, the legis—I mean, the founders and then the legislators who ratified this new Constitution, they realized that the new Constitution had to be the supreme law of the land. It also had to be perpetual so that we can be protected by it today and our unenumerated and inalienable rights. And three, it had to be for a specific amendment, not to redo the whole Constitution. And so as a result of those three goals... They created Article Five, and they succeeded now along the way there 's been a whole bunch of propagandists that have been out there, starting with the John Birches and the Constitution Party and Eagle Forum and everybody else. Some of these organizations are excellent organizations, but they surely have Article Five wrong, and they have argued for thirty plus years that the only way you the only thing that an Article Five convention would do was create a new constitution or damage the one that we have that 's absolute nonsense, so given that. Uh, Doreen Uh, citizen initiatives is going forward with the countermand amendment as a single issue pre-approved amendment by the legislatures and whereby the delegates are governed by the will of the state legislatures through a delegate resolution.
0: Um, uh, Let let me ask you this, uh, because I I had gone through um, some of your uh, statements and um, I, I want to ask you this one. Um, You have, um, can the convention be limited to a specific subject?
2: Uh, The answer is no. It can be limited to a specific amendment. Now, there are, uh, the the, the, uh, Convention of States people have defined a convention according to three general subjects. And although it is possible to have a convention that is supposedly for the purpose of a general subject, in their case it's reigning in government, it's uh, mm-hmm. term limits and also fiscal policies. But the problem is the legislatures can't control that. They can't design a pre-approved text for an amendment if, in fact, they're telling the delegates to decide what it means to reign in government. doesn't mean reigning in Congress? Does it mean term limits? Does it mean some financial package? I mean, by the time the delegates, there could be 534 or 35 politically charged delegates at this convention that they're calling for. And the outcome of that could be mayhem. Not a constitutional convention. That's not possible. And also they have the backup plan of three quarters of the states that have to ratify. But the fact is, that approach based on a a general subject is not effective as far as I am able to report and that's why we focus on the single issue amendment.
1: And and Doreen, oh, okay there's uh, there is there was a couple of things I wanted to kinda of touch on what Charles had said. And just kinda of, I, I hear Charles say this every day and you know I got this I, I practically got his what he's gonna say down pat in my head. There's always something that he 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 says it in maybe in a certain way that that uh takes my attention on something. The for those that those naysayers, uh, the John Birch and the Eagle Forum and Constitution Party uh, that are they're attacking this under Article Five. There is two ways, as, as you well know. We can do Congress can propose a a a uh, an amendment to the Constitution, and then it has to go through. The committee process it has to be vetted it has to be discussed it has to be debated but here's the the, the it's not congress uh a uh, hundred senators writing this it's not five, uh 400 some odd um uh, representatives writing that that amendment it's usually it boils down to one or two uh senators or congressmen or two that I've, I've sat down and really looked at something and really felt a need for a constitutional for a for a an amendment. Uh, let's say let's take the balanced budget amendment for one. That's something that Congress has been trying to to do for quite a few years. So what happens is that Congressman or that Senator writes out that amendment, then proposes it to the Congress, then they have to go through the debates and everything else, and then and then it has to be passed a two-thirds of the House and two-thirds of, of the Senate. And then it goes out to the states, again, the sovereign that has to ratify it. Now, what's the difference between that and the states aspect, the, the second portion of it? Well, it's the same thing. There really isn't any difference. What it boils down to is Citizens' Initiatives, Charles Capwood, um uh, Set down and wrote, a, 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 had this idea about a countermand amendment to rein in, to really do a really good job of rein in the, the federal government and to be able to repeal federal law, federal rules, federal regulations, federal treaties, federal uh, judiciary, judicial decisions, except suspending uh, bureaucracies that have come up with stupid rules and regulations. We can, he sat down and really put this thing together where. That when thirty states do the same thing, it's a simple resolution. Then that uh, that law, rule, regulation is hereby repealed. So he sat down, he, he he worked on this, and he wrote it out. Then he got with the rest of us within In Citizens Initiative, and we worked it, and we hashed it out, and we 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 added this, we took out that, we did basically the same thing that Congress is doing. And so we came up with this idea, and we came up with this document called the countermand amendment. And so now we're doing the same thing. Now we're taking it out to 34 states. And those 34 states now is just like a a senator in the U.S. Senate has taken that amendment to another senator and another senator and another senator and getting their their OPA on it and getting their, 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 their support on it the same basically the same type of deal. And now what we gotta do is we have to get thirty four states to 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 agree to it, to make an application to Congress to call a convention an amendment convention. And Doreen you said something earlier that really struck me and and obviously you get because we get this so many times people call it a constitutional convention. You called it a national convention. That's probably one of the, the, the one of the better method better words I've, I've heard from people that don't really aren't really involved in this and just getting into it. At least you get the idea, so that's good. So then, when it happens is once that 34 is called, then we then the Congress convenes the convention. The states then will sit down because we have this one amendment. We got 26 or more states, 34 states. That have put forward this single amendment with a delegation, delegate resolution that defines the convention, that defines the delegates. It has an oath for the, the 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 delegates are under oath to the state legislatures, and the only thing that they can talk about is the countermand amendment. Just like it is in Congress, they can't come up and say, "Okay, I want to do a uh, a balanced budget amendment in Congress," and then. Uh, Chucky Schumer tries to stick in uh, anti-gun legislation within that amendment. Can't do it. So then once that is is, uh, uh, passed by a simple majority, 26 states, would then say, okay, we like this counter amendment amendment, we we made our little tweaks, the state legislatures have agreed to those little tweaks, and we pass it. Now it goes back to Congress and Congress has got one thing to do after that, and that is to send it out to the states, and then the states vote on it, and we got to get 38 states to ratify it. Once that's ratified, that's kind of that, you know. I just wanted to, to show that right. similarity, in this, it was something. And the other thing too, from from a student standpoint, that, you know, folks out there, and it's something I picked up the other day again, having having one of those moments. Do you know how old Madison was when they wrote the, the Declaration of Independence?
0: Uh, no, I don't.
1: He was 27. I, I
0: would take, okay, 27. Okay. Right,
1: oh, wow. He was either 25 or
0: 27, and he was 45
1: when he wrote, and he's, been, he's, the, he's the father of the Constitution, that's what he's called. He was only 45 when he did that. So these aren't Madison and Jefferson and all those the, you know, the the founders aren't a bunch of old, old 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 dead guys, old dead white guys. They were young. They were young when they did this. Jefferson was in his was in his early twenties. Madison was in you know, his mid twenties. You know, right on down the line. The old the old the old guy was Franklin. <laughs> and he was in his in his uh, early sixties. But anyway, go ahead anything
0: else? What else right uh i just want to ask you um is there a limit on the number of amendments to the articles that can be proposed Wh- we, we can this one.
1: see what what we we you could okay let's say let's say that the states wanted to have a countermand amendment a balanced budget amendment and a uh, term limit amendment, and if they, and if those those thirty four, and then if we had thirty four states that did the delegate resolution with those three amendments embedded into that, which they've already pre-written and pre-approved, and then sent down to the convention, yes, you could do multiple amendments at one time. Now here's the kicker: you have to have all thirty four states making that application with the same language. It can't be different, because if it's different, then Congress can turn around and say, we're not going to recognize that state's application. So that's where it gets a little tricky. But if you have, if you, but there is nothing that says, and this is where it even makes it easier, where you have a single issue, a single amendment, like our countermand amendment, So the state, you know, my state of Alaska passes the countermand amendment application to Congress along with our delegate resolution. There is nothing that says that this session or next session we couldn't come up with a term limit amendment uh, Mm -hmm. or term limit amendment convention. Or uh, a sovereignty amendment uh, convention, uh, application for a convention. You can do it one right after the other. But the beauty of of what the the delegate resolution that I, that we we're talking about does is it not only makes it safe because it's already predefined. It's efficient because you're only talking one amendment, and the rules of the convention are already laid out. And it's timely, so you can do it in one week. So you can literally, depending on, you know, the states and, and and where they're at on the 34 applications, you can literally go from one convention to another convention to another convention to another convention. It, it, all, it all depends on what the states want to do. Does that answer your question?
0: It does. Um, and actually, we have callers on the line, um, Call it two four eight nine seven eight. You want to ask a question? Okay, we're getting some static there. Sorry about that folks. Um uh if you want to ask a question, because I notice there are a couple of calls on the line here, um, just press the one in there and, and um and and then uh they'll let you speak to the host. Um and again the call in number is 646-915-8117 that's 646-915-8117 call in and ask your question um we're going to go on here with this uh, so very very interesting topic tonight um, and i i want to uh, t- talk about um uh this other question here that i have and um, in, in your uh, on your website, you talk about Compact America and the Goldwater Institute. Um, can you tell us what that is and how does relate yes. to that?
2: Yes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'll try. Uh, there are a number of approaches going on right now with different Article Five groups. <laughs> All of them have some variance as to what the delegates are at the convention just about all of them see the delegates as equivalent to the founders meaning that they have the ability to convert an amendment convention which is what we call it an article 5 amendment convention you said a national convention which is close but it is an amendment convention it's not a constitutional convention but the fact is uh, they see the delegates going having uh, the same responsibility and purpose, and authority as the founders did. That's totally wrong. Uh, the F- Article Five never existed as the Constitution was being created. But when it was created, it was for the purpose of preserving sovereign authority in state legislatures and defining how the Constitution would be amended in the future when the states are called upon to address a wrong that the federal government is not. So different uh, groups have... Uh, just all of the groups except us believe that the delegates have some kind of magical power. They do not. They are simply representatives of their states. Now, CFA, or the Convention of States, is probably the closest to understanding uh, the uh, possibilities, uh, no, the dangers of allowing delegates to go to a convention unbound. There is no chance, in my explanation before, and what I will repeat, there is no chance of a constitutional convention. That's nonsense. The 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 delegates the the founders had a responsibility of creating a new constitution and a new government because of the reasons I stated before, but in a amendment convention under Article Five they don't have that responsibility. All they have is to present a pre-approved amendment by the 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 legislature of their state. In our case, the countermand amendment. And then the different, organize the convention so it's one vote per state and a simple majority, and then organize it so that it becomes uh, uh, the issue to vote on. So each state delegation has one vote to decide if they want the con- amendment as proposed to be agreed upon or not. Now, see, Convention of States has done it differently. And for that reason, on the one hand, I like what they tried to do, but I dislike how they did it. They are trying to advance a balanced budget amendment. And they have a pre-approved amendment that the legislatures would pre-approved in the uh, contract that they have created. Now, the, pr- the first problem they have is Article 1, section 10 prohibits interstate compacts without the express consent of Congress. <clears throat> so they are already in dangerous waters when they try to get a compact between the states. Why? Because they're surrendering legislature sovereignty under Article five by doing that. So in their compact, they're expecting that thirty eight states will uh, approve it. <coughs> in order to get it approved by thirty eight states. <coughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> thirty eight okay. governors have thirty eight mm-hmm. governors have to sign it. That is a violation of Article five. The fact is the governor has no authority under Article five. Only the state legislatures have. And the reason the state legislatures have it, because the citizens elect the legislators. And they elect the legislatures to deliberate. And the Article 5 process is one of the issues that they authorize the legislatures to deliberate on. And the other problem is, after they get their 38 states agreeing to this compact between the states, uh, then Congress has to approve it. Now, that's utter stupidity. Forgive me for being so bold. But why in the world would you put together an Article five proposal for an amendment to the Constitution of the United States that's going to restrict the uh, authority and prerogatives of Congress and, this, and the federal government? Why would you uh, uh, put together an application to convene a convention only if Congress approves? They don't need Congress's approval. They, you don't want Congress's approval if the sovereign authority rests in the state legislatures and stays there, we've got a chance to restore our constitutional republic. If we don't, then we're going to have a political quagmire that will go on for generations to come and Article 5 will become a useless tool for all of us. And so what they've done is they have mixed politics with the flawed understanding of who the delegates are and with the idea that somehow they can make it all safe by having a contract between the states and the governors and Congress and the legislatures uh... very ba- very very bad idea and on top of that the app the actual amendment that they are proposing in my opinion is coming up short as to how it would balance the budget so uh... we have a balanced budget amendment also and uh... we are expecting to uh... use our delegate resolution at the right time uh, for the purpose of making a balanced budget amendment convention safe even though right now there's about 27 states that have actually made the uh, confirmed applications on Congress. Conventional states is, I mean, uh, the Compact for America are well-meaning people. They want to do right. They're trying to find ways to resolve the issues in America, but they're doing it with a flawed strategy, and they are denying the sovereign authority of the legislatures by the way they're doing it, and I am opposed to it.
0: Um, okay, we do have a caller here, 248252. Uh, You're on the line. Do you want to ask a question? Caller 248252. Okay, did we lose you? Um, okay.
2: I'm sorry. I was looking forward to talking with them, but that's okay. That's okay. Listen, uh,
0: Okay. Um, we do have have a lot of listeners for people uh, I guess don't are being shy of asking you questions. Um, yes. So well,
2: why don't they? Do you have a do you have a uh, uh, a chat that you can ask them to put uh, you know to send you their comment or question and then you repeat it? Yes, in fact I do. Having, Yes,
0: you know, I That do. might be
2: one way to solve this problem, and then tell them how they can use that, and then you can let us know, and we'll try to address it that way.
0: Right. Okay. And actually, um I also want to ask you um cuz you also talked about the Madison amendment strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you can elaborate on that a little bit.
2: The Madison amendment strategy is probably from the 70s. Uh Ed Meese was part of that. There were a number of other uh notables in America who were trying to find a way to use Article 5 safely. It's always been the uh, uh concern of uh, people who want to use Article 5 to somehow uh, pacify the anti-Article 5 groups who claim that you can only have a constitutional convention. And the reason they do that is because they do not understand the transition from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitutional Convention properly. They have inserted all kinds of ideas of usurpation of power and so forth. It is erroneous thinking, and it's cost this nation a lot of trouble. As a matter of fact, these anti-Article 5 groups, what they have done is they've actually they are responsible for our $18 trillion debt. They're responsible for the murder of 50 million babies. Why? Because they actually, and, and not getting a balanced budget amendment. And the reason is because they would not allow the state legislatures to use Article 5 effectively for the last 40 years, 30 some years. And uh, so for that matter, for that reason, the legislators have been paralyzed. There were 32. States that made application for a balanced budget amendment, and because of the John Birch Society and the other groups, the Eagle Forum, what they did is they scared them half to death. They really pounced on them, tried to get them out of office, and 18 of them rescinded their applications. And now the balanced budget amendment task force is trying to re or make that up. Now that's not addir- addressing your question, but it is a little bit of a history on the kind of issues that we have to deal with. But the reason why the Madison Amendment was put forth was to try to establish a methodology within each legislature that would assure that when an application for a convention is completed by that state legislature, it would be for a single amendment, that it would not be for multiple amendments. When the Bill of Rights went out, uh, 12 amendments were proposed after the Constitution had been initially ratified, and they went out out as individual amendments. (coughs) Each one could be voted up or down. And in essence, what Mike was saying before fits that kind of thinking because when the states use a concept of proposing a single-issue amendment, uh, they're on the right track. And they're doing it so that at the convention uh, and eventually uh, in the legislatures uh, when it's ratified or going up for ratification, uh, it's going to be based on one amendment, up or down. And And it's a safe convention then. You don't have any other things to be discussing. So Madison Amendment tried very hard to get that concept across and failed. Now, some of their points are accepted by some groups. We accept them, for an example. I endorse them. Uh, That whole concept is a good one. And uh, at the same time, because they couldn't get it across, uh, we modified it a little bit and I've been in this, by the way, Doreen, for about 40 years, 41 years. So I've been working on amendments to the Constitution, either through Congress or the state legislatures, for over four decades. And I probably have the longest longevity of anybody in the Article five arena. But what we did is we right. modified the, the, Ma- the Madison Amendment so that uh, instead of making it a generic requirement that the states would follow, uh, we made it a specific amendment that would be pre-approved. And then, with a delegate <coughs> resolution, bind the delegates to a specific group of tasks, including voting on the amendment, and in our case, the counter amend amendment.
0: Uh, this is so interesting. It's like I'm even getting a history lesson here. <laughs> you know? And, Excellent. and I'm... Uh, it, I, I, I should... I should make a curriculum on this um, because it is just so well, – no, it is. It is uh, I'm an educator, and, and I am finding this just totally fabulous. Um, we do have another caller on the line, 913-426. Do you want to ask a question? Um, hello, 913-426?
1: Hello, um, me. Um,
0: okay, you're, okay you're on the air. Would you want to ask a question, sir?
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember what this talk show is about.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's so you're, about you're enjoying the listening. You're, you're enjoying the listening. Okay. Um, uh,
1: I'll step in. I'll step in and advise uh, on some issues. So go ahead.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mute uh,
2: your phone though.
0: Uh, right, right. Right. Okay. Mute my so, phone. Right. Okay. So actually, um, and and I do want to get into a little bit of the history here, and you have this on your your website, and I want to ask you kind of what it means. Um, Alexander Hamilton um, said, makes it clear that Article 5 allows the states to hold the federal government accountable by allowing them to call an amending convention and proposed specific amendments. Um, But every amendment to the Constitution, if once established, would be a single proposition and might be brought forward singly. There can therefore be no comparison between the facility of effecting an amendment and that day of establishing in the first instance a complete Constitution. Uh, I kind of want you to elaborate on this a little bit, what they meant by that.
2: Well, uh, first of all, Madison and Hamilton and others... Iredale, he was on the Supreme Court in the first Supreme Court. He was appointed by Washington. They understood the importance of the Article Five Convention concept. They understood sovereignty. They understood the battle that was going on between the states as to how they would surrender a little of their authority, not sovereignty, but authority, to the federal government for the purpose of getting a federal system in place to protect them. Now, when they are addressing specific issues, as Hamilton did with that quote that you made, he was doing it uh, in anticipation of the use of Article 5. He was trying to define how it might be used in the future. And he was trying to explain that it has the purpose of addressing a single amend- uh, issue that or amendment so that uh, it can be uh, applied properly uh, to the Constitution. Now, remember... The, when you write an amendment to the constitution you are not writing law these people who claim that uh, something is uh, legal with the constitution and something is, is it's it's legal so therefore it's 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 acceptable that's nonsense the fact is amendments are based on certain principles certain enumerate, enumerated or inalienable rights that you are protecting they are for the purpose of establishing the guidelines upon which laws are made so uh, the first point is that when you're writing an amendment, you're not doing it to create law. You are doing it to make sure that those that do create law follow certain principles that, in fact, will protect the people. And what Hamilton, I believe, was trying to address there is that this process would be better served by using a single-issue approach or an amendment approach that would, be, uh, uh, that would allow certain egregious wrongs to be addressed in the future. One of the reasons why Article 5 is so simple, remember it's just two methods by which to amend the Constitution, and the second is as simple as the first, which is for proposing amendments. The reason is because they had the founders through the uh, the, uh, state legislatures at that time transferred their sovereignty into Article 5, and therefore they knew they could not foresee every way in which Article 5 might be needed. And they didn't know exactly how future generations of legislatures, who would be the representative leaders of their states, elected, uh, how they would have to address and what authorities they would need and how they would have to organize a convention and so forth and so on, and how they would write an amendment. They didn't know all of that. So they anticipated that there would be some latitude that would be needed in future generations, and that's why they said proposing amendments. That is the limiting phrase that makes Article 5 safe. And I just I can just kind of spit every time I hear these people calling in Article 5 Constitutional Convention. It is not. It's an amendment convention. Hamilton understood that. Uh, Madison had understandings of that as well. But the point is it doesn't matter what Madison and Hamilton said. It does give us some guidelines. It does give us some understanding as to how they intended for it to be used but the fact is sovereignty trumps all of it you see there's another group out there called convention of states <clears throat> they think that the delegates will actually conduct themselves properly at a convention the cos convention if they adhered to uh, legal precedent and or historical events and or a convention experience, which there has been no convention experience since the Constitution, but there were about 30, according to Rob Nattleson, who was part of COS, before the Convention of States. And as a result, they think those principles will guide the conduct of the delegates. I say that's wrong. I think it's very dangerous, because the issues involved here are not history, it's not legal precedent, it's not uh, convention experience, it's sovereignty. And as long as the legislatures retain that sovereignty in Article 5, they make the rules. They decide what the federal government is going to do. They decide if Congress can do such and such. They decide if the Supreme Court can fall within certain bounds, and when they make rulings, they do not violate the principles that they've established in their amendments. The state legislatures are the final arbiters in all constitutional matters. They are the most powerful legislative group in America and yet they have been maligned, they have been denied their uh, proper understandings of their importance in preserving our constitutional republic, and it's the sovereignty that they have that makes it possible for us to restore our constitution. And because it's for proposing amendments and because it needs 38 states to ratify whatever they propose, there's a built-in safety mechanism that uh, doesn't allow some wayward group that has some ideological bent from coming in and destroying the Constitution because the safety margin is there with three-quarters of the states needed to ratify. Um, Charles,
0: uh, yes, and I do have a couple of questions coming in um, from the chat rooms. One of them says, what is the current procedure for amending the Constitution right now?
2: The procedure is you can either – the the Congress, as Mike was saying earlier – the Congress uh, can, in both houses, uh, could uh, create an amendment for whatever purpose. It could be uh, uh, the, the right to vote at 18 and so forth. And then when they get two-thirds of both houses agreeing on that through their committees and so forth, uh, then they, that, that amendment then goes back to the state legislatures because the legislatures have to ratify it. It, it is not part of the Constitution until the state legislatures, who are sovereign, ratify it. And then the other method, if Congress doesn't address an egregious wrong suffered by the people, then the state legislatures have reserved to themselves in Article 5 as the sovereign deliberative body the ability to write an amendment that is designed to modify the conduct of the federal government. Remember, the federal government was created by the legislatures. The legislatures didn't, I mean, uh, the federal government was created by the legislatures. Uh, The uh, federal government did not create the the nation states and so as a result uh they wanted to make certain that the future conduct of the federal government found, fell within certain safety bounds one of which was they feared that it would just get too big and uh, and they were absolutely right and article 5 is the way that they retained for future generations the sovereign authority to put a stop on the federal government that's why it's so foolish to think that the only way that the state legislatures can actually modify and amend the Constitution, which is for the purpose of modifying the conduct of the federal government, is to get Congress's permission first, or the court's permission, or the executive branch's permission, or the regulatory agency's permission. All of that is screwy. They don't need, the legislatures don't need any of their permissions. They're in control. They are sovereign. And they tell the federal government how this government will perform. And because the legislatures are the representative body of the people, there is safety built into that also. So the sovereign authority of the people passes on to the legislators, who then pass their wishes from their districts into a collective body of legislators, meaning the legislature, and then they come up under Article 5 with a way in which to... Preserve the Constitution and restore our Republic. It's a, actually the genius of the founders in designing this is immeasurable. I can't even tell you how much I'm impressed with it. They hey, had done an incredibly difficult, uh, impossible he, he job. Has, well, d- go ahead. Did
0: yes, you
1: want to sure. go ahead? Yeah. Go ahead. The um, this, this is something that I came across the other day. I, I did a an article, a couple of articles up here in in in, in where I live and one of the one of the conventional states guys up here got really you know in my face, and we had a we had a pretty interesting uh back and forth but what Charles was saying is 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 that any amendment isn't really designed to change the constitution but to more enhance it in a lot of ways. It, 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 let me, for example, this is what this gentleman here, in this is a Convention of States member here in Alaska, said what Convention of States envisions uh, their convention. He says, I envision a Convention of States where delegates introduce and debate issues like term limits for all federal officials, including justices of the, of the Supreme Court, while another committee hashes out the intricacies of the balanced budget amendment or a redefinition of commerce and general welfare clauses, clarification of the word militia in the Second Amendment, prohibiting the use of international treaties and law to govern the domestic law of the United States, limiting the use of executive orders and federal regulations to enact rules with the force of law and requiring the sunset of all existing taxes in a supermajority vote, for the state legislators to replace them with new fair taxes. What if it, it, these are all the, the different subjects of the subjects that, that they that they that they that they want to have a convention over? What that does is it, just on what that statement right there. That would change Article One, Section Eight. It would change Article Two, Section Two. It would change Article Three, Section Two, and not counting the fact that, you know, he that it would and with their three broad subjects, reigning government, fiscal restraint, and term limits, there's nothing in there talks about changing the Second Amendment to the Constitution. So that's what they're they're wanting to do. Now, conversely to us. The amendment that we're proposing, countermand amendment, like I said, it makes it so that when 30 states believe and write a resolution that says that a federal law, rule, regulation, executive order, treaty, judicial decision is egregious to their state and to their state's sovereignty, to their people's sovereignty, that that law, rule, regulation, whatever, is now repealed. What is is that change in the constitution? No. What it does is it enhances the 10th amendment. Which the 10th amendment is states rights. We have uh we have the, all all the rights uh not 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 um enumerated in in the in the in the constitution are those of the states and then anything beyond that is of the people. So what we're doing is we're enhancing that we're saying we're bringing back we're getting it that the state will have that ability to be part and parcel and partners with the 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 federal government the centralized government and the beauty of that is then that instead of Congress turning around and telling telling um uh, states that you are going to, we're going to give you an unfunded mandate for, let's say, No Child Left Behind, or oh, we're going to, do, you're going to do right. this, or you're going to do. We become, we have now become the the servant, and the master is in Washington D.C. What this will do is once, and I'm and I'm envisioning five major repeals of existing of existing law, and rules and regulations, ma- five major ones and when that happens Congress then is all of a sudden going to be in a position where they're going to have to come to the state legislatures and I and I've seen this happen here in my home state where they the senators and the and, the, and our one congressman will come in and talk to the state legislature and they come in and I'm senator so and so I'm congressman so and so and this is what we're doing in in Washington DC to to you. This is what you're going to do. This is what the mandates are coming from us. We out, when this happens, when this countermand amendment is ratified, my congressman and my two senators are going to come in and they're going to walk up to my legislators and they're going to say, hi, Representative Shelley Hughes, I'm Senator Lisa Murkowski. What can we do for you? And that and, and the... To kind of go along with that, and Shelley told me this, and she first became when she first became a legislator, that the number one coveted political position that was aspired by all politicians back prior to 1900 was not Congress, it was the states, it was the state legislatures, because that's where the power is. They would actually go to the state legislatures they would get elected to Washington, D.C., they would serve a term and they would come back and and try to get back into state legislatures again because that's where the most good is coming from. And and let me me close that thought with this. One of our sponsors made the comment here the other day and it was was, was a beautiful comment that he's he's in a safe way and A constituent comes up to him and says, "Representative, you know this this federal law, the federal rule, EPA, or whatever is just is just killing my right, right. Okay, these these different things. And what can you do? Can you help me? And he looks at him today and he goes,
0: i 'I'm sorry, Um, I can't.' Mike, she's
2: she's trying to get your attention, Mike.
0: Yes, okay. Uh, We have time for one caller." 404, are you still there? Yes. Okay, you're on the air.
1: Okay, my question is, I just looked up and read Article 5. That's the article about um, proposing amendments to the Constitution and or uh, proposing a convention of states. Now, my concern is with so much of the government either outright hating the okay. Constitution... Okay, you
0: have to ask quick because we're running out of time.
1: Okay. Uh, would that... You know, would proposing any amendments or a convention, you know, right now, wouldn't that be very dangerous towards the Constitution at this time?
2: No, it would not. Okay. Not when you have a not when you have a pre-approved amendment as we do with the Count Amendment Amendment and also when you have a delegate resolution that binds the delegates. The fact is that there's so much misinformation about what the Article Five Convention is. The Convention of States concept, that name is wrong. It deals with conventions before the Constitutional Convention. And somehow the implications are that it's a Constitutional Convention under Article Five. That is so foolish. Now, by the way, you can also go to countermans.us and uh, <coughs> order a book that I just recently published called The Countermand uh, Amendment, The Missing Piece in the Article 5 Puzzle. And you'll find okay. the explanations and the answers that you're looking for in that book. It's about 220 <laughs> <laughs> yes, pages. That
0: is excellent. What's the name of that book again?
2: Countermand Amendment, The Missing Piece in the Article 5 Puzzle.
0: Oh, okay. Countermand Amendment Yes,
2: and, okay. And if I'm the author, Charles website,
0: Right. Mention your website once more because we're out of time.
2: The, the website is oh. countermans, with an S, countermans.us. Okay, thank okay. you.
0: Okay. You're welcome. Uh, folks, folks, we are out of time. And Charles and Mike, this was a, a fabulous educational show. I really, really appreciate you guys coming on, and we're going to definitely have you back. Um, well, we
2: would be delighted. Um, thank you, Doreen.
0: Very, By the way, very, we are very... very I am
2: Doreen, I know you're out of time, but I am especially interested in getting these kinds of ideas out to the young people. So your show is very important uh, in doing that. And
0: thank you very much. Yes.
1: I yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, okay. we would love to be back.
0: Um, yes. Uh, we will definitely have you back. And, um, folks, again, we we're getting the cut signal over here. Um so, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight and um, stay tuned till next week when we bring you immigration reform. Same time, same show. Call in 646 915 8117 and you can go to our website, studentsforbetterfuture.com. That's studentsforbetterfuture.com and find out more about our activities on campus. And thank you and good night.